Hi everyone, this is Cloud2, and this is the How to Be an Urban Camper mini-series. This is the third episode of the series. So today we're going to, well, first of all, last episode, if you'll recall, we talked about shelter, how to find it, and uh, where to stay, where not to stay, things like that, and got a little bit of listener feedback from on that one. One from uh, a friend of mine who I'm not too clear on whether I'm permitted to say their name, so I will just say a friend, and they mentioned stairwells. Stairwells of buildings are actually really, quite often, really great places to to sleep, actually, uh, because typically speaking, they're not well patrolled, they're quite frequently not well monitored, and, you know, they're inside, and it's, it's kind of a good place to kind of uh, crash for a night. So if you find your way into a stairwell and find that the building closes down around you, um, that might be a perfect place to get a little bit of sleep overnight. So keep that in mind. Same listener feedback uh, source reminded me of motion detectors inside of buildings. These are good to be aware of. If you find yourself going into places that are closed down, you know, whether it's like a hotel or a um, college or whatever, you can usually find places that kind of shut down overnight. Like I said last time, kitchens are frequently a pretty good place uh, and and a lot of times don't people don't really patrol these areas. So if you find your way into those places, sometimes you can sleep there. But you do need to m- be mindful of motion detectors. If you hear a sound go off, then definitely clear out of the area. But also be aware that you might not always hear the motion detector. They might not be set up that way. So be mindful of that. That's something that's fun to kind of experiment around with. Wander around buildings more often when you don't actually need to use them as a place to stay. You know, it's it's all part of scouting out. Certainly, anytime I find myself in a hotel or in an office building or whatever, uh, I, I typically see where I can get into, like what areas of that building I can actually make my way into. And it's it's always a, a coin toss as to whether people are going to actually ask you what you're doing there and whether you can actually pass yourself off as a messenger or uh, just someone who's lost. The whole lost story, frequently, it, it kind of gets you out of getting into trouble, but it doesn't really usually give you a very good reception, I've found. Passing myself off as a messenger or something like that, that's a lot more successful usually. Sometimes that gets me further into an office than, well, I really need to be. But, I mean, you know, sometimes you find a stairwell or something like that that you maybe didn't expect to find. Again, that's just kind of, I don't know, something to experiment around with. More listener feedback from my friend Scarlett uh, says, she says that I didn't mention... A, for a shelter, a thing called a yurt, Y-U-R-T. Now, this is something that Scarlett had told me about some time ago, and actually a, a listener of the GNU World Order, uh, Ron, he emailed me about some of these as well. And what these yurts are, well, they're they're a little bit like if you could imagine like a teepee or even an igloo, but, but it would just be made out of wood. They're kind of, they're fairly small, but they're, they're actually pretty spacious. But it would be a one-room little house, and um, Scarlett's friend is actually building himself a yurt on some land in Northern California, and that's going to be his home, and it's pretty cool. It's a little bit like camping, you know, and you can obviously make it as elaborate as you want to with septic tanks and all that and running water and stuff like that, or you can do it more like camping and just use it as a home base, stay there a couple of months, be out on the road another couple of months, 
playing music or whatever you do, go back, back and forth, that kind of setup. So it just depends. They're relatively cheap to to make, and you usually buy them uh, as a kit, from what I understand. So it's not dirt cheap, but it's it's a lot cheaper, for instance, than buying a house, something like that. So that's a yurt. I don't know how that falls in our very loose definition of urban camping, because on one hand, it's owning a home, so you're very much not homeless, but it is certainly an alternative way of living, so that's kind of kind of interesting. The resources used for it are a lot lower than for an apartment. Uh, it's usually a very small place, and it is usually something that doesn't necessarily have... It's not on the grid. You know, you can set up solar power and stuff like that into it, but it's not something that you necessarily are hooked up into the city's grid or, or whatever, or the local county's grid. So that's kind of really kind of cool. And Scarlet also reminded me that van living and and yurt living and all these other kinds of living, um, you can really harness solar power fairly cheaply. Uh, if you go onto the internet and just kind of shop around for solar panels and, and batteries and things like that, you can actually power quite a bit just from having a solar panel, say, bolted to the top of your van. One note is not to bolt it, or, or rather, I think Scarlett's friend had super glued it or something like that, or bolted and super glued solar panels to the top of his van. Now that he's building himself a yurt, he's kind of regretting that decision because the these solar panels that he could use for his little self-made house are super glued to the top of his van. So don't super glue them. You may bolt them or whatever. But there's all kinds of cool solar gadgets coming out now. Little solar-powered iPod chargers and, and all kinds of interesting things that help people have that, that reduced ecological footprint but still get their fun technological toys. That was feedback. Thanks a lot for the feedback. Um, both people who sent me feedback. On with the topic of today's episode, which is the fun, fun, fun topic of hygiene, personal hygiene. Yes, never really thought I'd be doing an HPR episode about personal hygiene, but specifically, obviously, this is personal hygiene as an urban camper. If you think about most of the stuff that you would learn in a, I don't know if it would be a survivalist class or just kind of from going out into the woods and, and camping, it, it it basically all applies to urban camping, except that you actually have typically a few more resources open to you as an urban camper. But the same general rules apply, obviously. I mean, showers are strangely a highly controversial subject. Some people love them. Some people do them because they're necessary. Some people think that people shower too much. Some people think that people don't shower enough. So explaining each of those points, some people love to take showers and they take hour-long showers and it gets kind of ridiculous and wasteful and all that other good stuff. Other people might have grown up in a military family or um, maybe were in the military and a shower means a two-minute activity to um, wash off sweat and oil and, and that's it. I tend to be more of the two-minute shower kind of person. So showers aren't that big of a deal for me, and they come in unexpected places, actually. Well, and, and we should also talk r briefly about the whether to shower or not to shower sort of question. And, you know, you'll, you'll meet people who think that 
showers really are uh, not as healthy as, as they're made out to be versus people who think that people should shower twice daily. Between those two extremes, I'm sure there's a good solution and probably a dermatologist would know for sure. But you kind of have to mitigate your own feelings on showers and how frequently they should be taken and how long they should be and how luxurious you feel they should be. So if you're one of the people who really requires luxurious, long, hot showers all the time, you may find that urban camping um, affords this only with either membership to a gym or making very good friends with showers. Uh, If you join a gym, it's usually very reasonable uh, compared to, for instance, rent on an apartment for 12 months. You can get a gym membership, certainly, probably, honestly, less than you would pay for the apartment for one month. Relatively speaking, it's dirt cheap. On the other hand, if you're broke, that doesn't really help you a whole lot. But let's talk about if you're not broke first. So gyms are great. Uh, If there's a gym in your area or if you can arrange it so that you are near a gym as a place that you're going to sleep or whatever, then that would be fantastic. You can go in as much as you want and take as long of showers as you as you please. There you have that. You also might be able to get a, a locker with your gym membership. And that's kind of nice because then you can actually store quite a bit in the locker. And if, you're, if your aim is to be mobile and not to have to carry around three backpacks all the time, that's a really nice luxury right there. You can just stash your clothes in your locker and never have to think about it. That's actually what I did for a while this past year. I had a gym membership, I had a locker, and my clothes got to be stored right there in the locker. And I didn't have to carry that that particular backpack around with me to the cafes and, and to the job and stuff like that. That's quite hand, handy. The disadvantage of the gym, I guess, would be that you're kind of limited to their hours. But most gyms that I've seen have pretty good hours. They try to be open really, really early and frequently fairly late. The added advantage would be that you, well, go to a gym a lot. You know, if you're not the type of person to get a lot of exercise, you might find that going to a gym to shower in the first place might entice you to actually work out a little bit. So that could be another good thing. And again, gyms are communal places. They're they're kind of places that are operating at full, full power no matter what. So if it's uh, more of a community center, you might even find that it's a pretty good place to hang out. And, and get stuff done. The gym that I was a member of had little rooms off to the side for uh, social events and things like that, and classes, all kinds of things. So it, was, it turned out to be a really good resource just if the library wasn't open or if I felt like I was overstaying my welcome at the library or a cafe, I could go to the gym and work there as well. The other option, of course, would be making friends. Uh, so if you are if you have friends and you're staying over at their, their house or whatever, for for a night or or two nights every week or every month whatever uh then capitalize on the fact that they have a shower and utilize their their shower facilities those would be the two easiest options of finding a shower a little bit more rare would be or i guess it's rare um would be well looking around and finding showers um in in unexpected places And here are a couple of places that I've found showers that I would simply not have really thought about if I wasn't an urban camper. So my, I think, one, two, the, not, not the past three jobs I've had, but the past two of the the past three jobs that I've had have had shower facilities in them. I kid you not. One uh, out in California had a shower downstairs in this little room off of the uh, men's restroom. It was like this shower, and it was intended, I think, for, for bicyclists because it was a, quote, 
bicycle-friendly workplace, meaning that you could bicycle in, and then if you wanted to shower, you could. Or you, if you bicycled over lunch, your lunch break, which a lot of people did, then when you got back from bicycling around town in the mid- middle of the day, you could take a shower. They literally had a shower right there on premises. I was living in my office. I It was so simple. It made it really, really nice. Uh, the most recent place that I worked also had a shower, and they had a shower Again, it was in a room off the men's restroom, and I'm not sure what it's for. No clue, but it's there. It exists. It is there. Another score, and completely unexpected. So those are workplaces. Again, I I don't really think that every workplace is going to have a shower, but I think it's worth looking into. These were all sort of the downstairs areas and kind of far in the back. You know, they, they weren't really, they weren't necessarily places that people went to often, I don't think. So if that helps you get an idea of where to look for showers, then maybe. But yeah, they're, they just, you have to look around. You have to really poke around a building and, and you just never know what you'll find. Uh, hotels, I've found showers in hotels, uh, obviously in hotel rooms, but I also mean in either, um, in again, like kind of back the sort of recessed restrooms that I, I kind of always had the feeling that maybe they were supposed to be staff restrooms but they weren't you know they weren't back in the staff areas so so you you could access them obviously not every hotel i've ever been in has that it's 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 more like when you can find it then it's a score another place that actually i found to be fairly common are churches and i will tell you that the churches that i've found to be more likely to have showers than others have been Baptist and Mormon. Those are the two church types that I've found seem to have showers more often than other ones. Uh, and and again, it's still very rare, but I have definitely found them. And this is on both coasts, actually. So uh, I I think they're there for because they, these are very sort of um, community activity oriented churches. They're they're really big and so I think they have like basketball courts and things like that so I'm gathering that maybe again just kind of as a as a as an option after getting a lot of exercise then you can you can take a shower that's kind of my guess I'm not really sure but they do exist the problem there of course and and a lot of other places is that you can't just walk in unless you either work or go to church or go to or or work at the hotel or or whatever you know you you can't really just walk in and say hey I'm going to use your shower really quick Uh, they exist but they they aren't necessarily readily available and certainly it's not something that you would want to count on every every other day or however often you think you need to take a shower so you got various places to look if you absolutely cannot find a shower and really need to take a shower uh, truck stops some of the bigger truck stops again these are on the highway typically maybe not the the, the easiest place to get to under certain circumstances it kind of depends but um Truck stops do have uh, showers a lot of times. You have to pay outrageous prices for them, though, I mean, comparatively. So if you can swing a gym membership, heck, even if you can ask uh, a family member for a gym membership for uh, for Christmas or something, then that might work to your advantage. But those are those are the places to, to find showers. Uh, by far, the easiest one is a gym. The gym membership, you just swipe your card, you go in, you work out, take your shower, hang around, work on whatever you want, and then leave. It's it's no one bothers you. No one asks you why you're coming in to use the showers. You know, it's just it's really simple. So if you can swing that, it makes it really really convenient. That's the biggest. That's like the top the top question that I ever get when I when someone finds out that I'm 
an urban camper? That's the first question that they kind of awkwardly ask. Other questions tend to be things like, how do you find a bathroom? And those are amazingly easy to find. That's I'm not even sure why people are confused about that. Bathrooms tend to be in every restaurant that you go into. It's Obviously, if you're going to be urban camping, you want to kind of get familiar with the area, find out what restaurants there are, what restaurants are 24 hours, and what restaurants tend to be really easy and friendly to go back and use their bathroom without like explaining uh, why you need to use their bathroom and stuff like that. So that's really simple. Public libraries tend to have bathrooms readily available. What else? I, I don't know. It's It's almost so simple to me that I can't even think how to explain it. So that's, I don't know, that that doesn't really puzzle me very much. Um, there are, there is the question of like brushing your teeth and flossing and, and just kind of doing your hair or whatever people do. I, I tend to be very low maintenance and I think a lot of urban campers either are or fall into being low maintenance. So I think that you're, if you perceive that you would need a long time in a bathroom to dress yourself up and stuff, I, I think you'll find that urban camping minimizes that a lot more. And I think that's a good thing, frankly. I, I really like that. Uh, some people might not like that, but I think that you find that you, you'll get a feel for which bathrooms you can go into and kind of have your toothbrush out and your, your floss and your deodorant and everything and kind of like sort yourself out. Obviously, the, the little coffee shops that tend to have uh, private restrooms, um, those are really good because you can take your backpack in there, um, unpack a little bit, brush your teeth, every, get, just kind of get yourself straightened out for for that day. Otherwise, if you get to places early enough, you can usually uh, capitalize on their on their bathroom before traffic really starts to to get in there. Uh, shaving, uh, if you shave, I, I don't really shave that often, but if you need to shave, again, just getting to bathrooms early and uh, or or locating the ones that actually have private private bathrooms rooms will will work out pretty nicely for you. Clothes and laundry are, again, really, really obvious, really simple. Um, There are laundromats all over the place. They tend to be open 24 hours, so you can do your laundry and maybe catch some Zs uh, while you're at it. That's pretty simple. I've never had a problem with that. And in some jobs, once again, depending on what kind of job you've got, sometimes you'll find that there are laundry facilities and if you're working a graveyard shift, you might be able to take advantage of that. So that's that's there. That's a possibility. One thing that I tend to go through amazingly quickly when urban camping are shoes and socks. I guess it's because you've got them on all the time. And I, I tend to walk a lot. Just for whatever reason, I go through shoes and socks really, really quickly. Uh, you also need to be mindful, I guess, that you have your shoes and socks on a lot when you're urban camping. Probably too much. They're always on your feet. They're getting worn out, possibly smelly. It's just something you want to be aware of. I, For some reason, that was one thing that really struck me the first time that I was urban camping at how frequently I had my shoes on. Now, the, the the time that I was urban camping and I was able to sleep in my office, that was a whole different ball game. I could take my shoes off and, and I was quite comfortable um, and I didn't have to ever really be afraid of someone uh, discovering me and me having to leave or at least to have the appearance that I wasn't actually living in that spot um, or sleeping in that spot or whatever. But if you're more out uh, in places that, that are kind of touch and go, you might need to keep your shoes on. And so you're you're talking about shoes and socks being on your feet all day and then all night and then all day and then all night. And that just gets, um, that gets bad. So change of socks 
good idea. Keeping updated on your shoes is a good idea. And by updated, I mean, you know, if you need to get a new pair of shoes, try to swing that if you can, because they'll get worn out really, really fast and, and possibly really, really smelly really, really fast. So just keep that in mind. It's like one of those things that you don't really think about until you suddenly start living in your shoes for like days at a time. Doing your hair and things like that, I, I tend to not be very, again, I'm not, I'm not very high maintenance in terms of hair styling and things like that. Um, actually, I just get up and go. But um, but in terms of haircuts and things like that, I, I've found that not just while urban camping, but just in general, uh, cutting my own hair is, is much more efficient, both both cost-wise, time-wise, and, and everything else. Um, so I tend to just cut my own hair, and, and I tend to do that in, in whatever random uh, private bathroom I, I find. And, and I guess a lot of urban camping can be kind of summarized by taking advantage of, of things when they present themselves to you. So it means that you have to kind of keep your eyes open and be ready to discover little things that you can use um, while urban camping, whether it's a shower that you discover out of the blue or um, a bathroom that, that affords a lot of privacy and you can just unpack and straighten out your gear, shave, cut your hair. It, so there's a, there really is a lot of opportunism involved, I think, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I actually think it's a great thing, and I, and I actually think it's good training almost. And the way I think that we tend to live when we when we believe we have control over stuff and we own stuff, I think that we, we become very demanding and we, we expect there to be exactly what we want when we want it. And then when that doesn't happen, we get very upset and it throws us off and it ruins our day. Uh, urban camping, you don't tend to think that way. You tend, I think, to look at things as more as sort of a natural flow and you kind of discover that that you don't really need as much as you thought you need you don't need that kind of regular scheduled everything must be where you want it to be at the exact time and you start taking advantage of, of things that present themselves to you and i just feel like that's a much more somehow organic or natural way of really living uh, in, a, in a way. I mean, it's just kind of, it works better, actually, because you find that, yeah, you didn't actually expect to find that, that bathroom where you, you could shave and cut your hair and cut your fingernails and stuff, but there it is, right there. So why not take this opportunity to do those things? And that way you're not really planning your life around, oh, when am I going to go get that haircut? Or or you're not wasting your morning. You, you just you, you get started. You go do the stuff that you want to do, and then suddenly you stumble across a bathroom that is perfect for what you need. And so you go in, you shave, you cut your hair, organize your gear, change t-shirts, change socks, whatever you want to do, and then you leave. And it works out. It works out beautifully. It, it, it's a very sort of natural flow, and you don't have to force it. You don't have to structure your day around it. You don't have to hunt it down. It just kind of is there. It just presents itself, and you use it. It's kind of neat and it's a rhythm that you can get into. So those are really, I think, my notes on personal hygiene. Obviously, it's pretty self-explanatory, uh, except that I guess it isn't necessarily. So just kind of keep in mind that there is that angle to being an urban camper. There, You do have to think about it a little bit more. So you do have to kind of think, okay, what do I look like right now, or how do I smell right now? And just kind of make sure that you're not forgetting that as strangely as that sounds. I mean, obviously some people would never forget any of that. Other people, I think, are more prone to kind of let that fall by the wayside. You probably don't want to let that fall too far to the wayside. You probably want to kind of keep that in mind. I think even more so as an urban camper, because if you are 
homeless, and and I mean, you know, without a, a home, uh, and then you start to smell homeless, and this time I mean the bad kind of homeless, and you start to look homeless, and again, I mean the bad kind of homeless, then you start to look and sound and smell a lot like a real homeless person. And that's not what we're going for. We're going for the whole urban camping thing, the you know, the mentally stable, homeless by choice kind of homeless, not the other kind of homeless. So keep that stuff in mind. Be hygienic. Be safe. So there you go. That's That's as much as I can possibly think to say about the wonderful subject of hygiene. Next episode, we will talk about organization, how to organize all that wonderful stuff that you have uh, as an urban camper. Talk to you then. Listening to Hacker Public Radio, sponsored in part by Caro.net. So head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.